complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Kat, I was wondering if you would tell me about your yoga routine. Ooh, well, um, I do an in-person class once a week on Thursdays. So now I'm doing it before recording Whiskey Bench. How's that working? So far it's been good. It hasn't been like a weird headspace. So that's good. And um, otherwise I do probably yoga another like two times a week. So maybe three times a week total after work. And it's just a really nice way to kind of like decompress from the day, get grounded, clear my mind, calm my body. So um, do you do you use yoga as because in my mind, there's two classes of yoga, one that is like an absolute shredder of a workout that leaves you like a dripping pile <laughs> of sweaty mess by the end. And then there's like the really calm, contemplative, super nice, relaxed breathing kind of yoga. Yeah. So if that's if that's the continuum, where does your practice fall? It depends on sort of like the type of class you're doing. And if you're doing like a faster paced vinyasa, then, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to get your heart rate up more and you'll probably sweat and. And then there's sort of more like alignment based classes, um, which I really enjoy. They're slower Mm, paced. mm -hmm. There's like yin yoga classes that are more about like really deep stretching and breathing and holding poses for longer. So it depends on the type of practice. I guess my personal preference and what I tend to do more often is I like something that is really more focused on breathing and alignment and sort of leads to more like introspection. And mm, mm-hmm. the the exercise is kind of a is a nice side effect of, of it's doing a byproduct. That yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So but then I also do I do Pilates as well, which is definitely more of like a intentional like workout. Yeah, right. That's more of a yeah. straight up get wrecked kind of workout. <laughs> yeah. So you do a course, <laughs> you do an actual class once a week with a teacher or yeah. an instructor. And then the rest of the times, if you're doing more yoga or Pilates, is this something you've just have enough experience with that you can do your own? I don't know what you call it, your own flow. And then yeah, yeah. From there, or do you? Is there someone that you watch? Is there? I'll do like, I'll do some videos. I had recommended yoga with Adrian, mm-hmm, which I've been doing. You. Which I had real quick back in the day. I know Cameron's listening. I don't know if Garrett's listening. We did. Cameron for a while all three of us the roommates yoga with with Adrian together every night yes oh really it was pretty fun how nice it, we, did we, you we, enjoy it we did and it was just a we we'd scoot the couch out of the way and like all of us be in the living room and you know we just goofed off and cool yeah it was fun so we yeah. all had met we what somehow is... all had matching sweatpants because <laughs> we all needed sweatpants we went to that's Ross cute. that's and they yeah. only had one kind 
So we ended so up all getting matching sweatpants <laughs> and we do uh, yoga together. Aww. Oh my That's God. really oh, the cute. Best of times. That's sweet. <laughs> all right, it you is. Like it? <laughs> Light a nice vanilla candle, set the mood. Yeah. Sounds like a yeah, delightful there you go. <laughs> college house. I love it. So is this, <laughs> uh, is this uh, yoga with Adrian on YouTube? Is that where I can find it? it? Yeah, yeah. And she's, I think she's good for like, if you're just, getting into the practice and maybe you're like intimidated about going to an actual class like she she's very good at articulating how your body should feel in the poses and like which parts of your body you should be activating Mm, and she mm -hmm. focuses very much on like posture so she's that's a good way to kind of get the fundamentals um there's another class that i watch that's like totally embarrassing but i like her flows it's called (laughs) It's called Boho Beautiful. I call her Boho Bitch. <laughs> it's Not like too yes. much, you know, like she's this super hot blonde chick, whatever. But like her flows are actually great. But <laughs> you do need to know your form before you the go boho. into her classes or does, watch her does, stuff. Does she's... Boho mean anything in yoga? But, no, I well. think it's just in, it's just like she's bohemian. Yeah. And she's beautiful. Gotcha. And she does yoga and her boyfriend films her. And then sometimes he says things and it's like, holy moly, stop talking. But oh, whoa. Okay, <laughs> so it's hot yoga. I <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> Steamy. Yeah. Okay. But then, That's a definition no, of hot no, yoga. No, no, no. More like he's saying like insightful things. And oh, it's like I thought not a, he was no, making like funny, not, inappropriate <laughs> comments no. or something. That would be better, but no. Um, like, babe, you look so good. <laughs> No. He's just like no, no. behind the camera, like dead ass. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, so it's so it's the yeah, okay. No, I they're see. like really it's deep. Like, I'm using like air that. quotes. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um. But then I don't know. I have like my favorite thing to do, and this is what I'll do like on weekend mornings. I'll do like a, I have like a two hour sort of yoga Whoa. Pilates routine that's just Whoa. moves and flows and practices that I enjoy and have learned over the years. So Dang, I kind of okay. built this flow and it keeps getting longer. I just like add to it. Yeah, this it was like an hour a... like a couple years wow. ago and it's just getting longer. And I'll like I I'll just want I'll put on some good music. I'll burn some incense. But anyways, it's a very nice relaxing thing to do. Um and it has lots of benefits aside from two, just getting two hours. Ripped. That's a commitment right <laughs> that there. That is a fam. commitment. Wow. So that's impressive. I just, but I enjoy it. Like it's not a chore for me. It's like, I look forward to making time to do that. So you've learned that, all of these moves over the years. Mm-hmm. Now, as someone that likes to dance, like ballroom, swing, stuff like that. Yeah. I find that as I learn moves, I tend to do them in the same order all the time. Mm. Do you try to mix it up or do you think that you end up doing almost like a, a very similar routine every week? Yeah, I'm I'm a creature of habit, okay. so it's kind of the same order of things. And I'll like throw in sometimes I'll mix it up or mm-hmm. I'll like shorten it and just do pieces of it, but if I'm doing the full 2 hours, it's pretty much the same order, the same flow. Gotcha. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's impressive. I guess. <laughs> Considering well, Henning and I have I, zero yoga discipline. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have somewhere to start at least cuz I I am recently aware of how low energy i'm feeling and i know some of that is due to a lack of movement so mm, that's how it's been for me yeah, diet always helps me but... a... yeah i mean diet sleep and movement are the things i'm focusing on now because it's like 
back to the basics. Usually my mood could be fixed with a sandwich and a glass of water, you know? So, right. Yeah. Just paying attention to that. But I think the movement is one of the key things that I've been lacking. So I'm going to be working on walking some more. My co-host on Ravel, Josh, literally every time he Marco Polo's me or like every time he makes a TikTok, he's just walking around his neighborhood and it's very impressive to me. So it's another, yeah. another it's inspiration way to get out in and my think life. too, especially it if he's making is. video content, get out, get some creativity flowing and mm-hmm. record yep. while you're walking. That's a great idea. It's, it's very impressive. So I'm going to start a daily whiskey bench walking vlog. There you go. <laughs> Join me. I'll I'll stream it every. No, I'm not going to do that. Why would you? Because then I'll get roasted I mean, when I don't do it. <laughs> I mean, TikTok is most definitely the spot for that. If you actually want to do something like that. Oh man, I don't have whiskey TikTok. bench TikTok. I got rid of it because of weird Chinese propaganda yeah, popping all, up in my feed. Give all your data to the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, I just want. <laughs> They already have States it anyways, to have bro. all my information. Right, yeah. <laughs> I only want my home country spying on me. Yeah. Like other countries. I don't want China and well, Russia. I mean, you have a point. Business. <laughs> Although, who's to say that Facebook isn't just selling it to China and Russia? Nothing sacred. <laughs> we are just a commodity. And so that brings us to <laughs> our topic for the night. Our topic. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we uh had a great conversation and we covered a lot of content in very little detail and it left me wanting more out of it but we're going to shift gears a little bit. We had people bring up some great questions about what happened and I don't know if we'll actually end up having time to get to it but there is a lot to talk about. But last week we had mentioned that we want to kind of dive into First Amendment and censorship and maybe two thirty. Uh, tell me about the drink you're drinking. Did we even do that yet? No, we have not. I was working towards that there's somehow. A, there's oh. a segue. Sorry. Sorry. I, I rolled I with the cheap segue and then we... Uh, I no, I didn't have a segue planned. There's no ever planned segue. Sometimes they're great. I didn't see one coming, so I was like, wait, did we miss something? <laughs> oh, I just All mean right. I like I awkwardly segued us into talking about this instead of the drink, so oh, right, no, my that's, apologies. That's totally fine. All right. Well, tonight we are drinking a rum cocktail. We are... Representing the Caribbean this evening with a beautiful little cocktail called the Presidente. Hey, well played. Well played. <laughs> yes, because we have a new Presidente. <laughs> um, but it's actually really tasty. Did you get a chance to, I to sip it I just had yet? my first sip. It's nice. It's very well balanced. Very. I never drink rum at first. I thought... Gin. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it has rum in it. It's lovely. I think it'd be better if I had some fresher dry vermouth, but it wasn't stale. It just wasn't the freshest, but it's got an ounce and a half of light rum, half an ounce of dry vermouth, half an ounce of sweet vermouth, a quarter ounce of triple sec, and then uh, you're supposed to garnish it with an orange twist. This evening, I used a lemon twist. Wild. Wild. You rule breaker. Didn't have the supplies. (laughs) You can also do a variation of this called the El Presidente, 
Mm. And it just has lemon juice in it. And you shake it instead of stir it. And so it might be a little tartar. I think that would be nice. Yeah. Hmm. All I saw about a uh, little tidbit of information is seemed to have popped up right after Prohibition started. It was popular in the Caribbean, in Cuba. And then it seems to, after Prohibition, kind of became really popular in Florida. And then from there became a classic cocktail. So the it's crazy how many cocktails and alcohols were made popular by prohibition. Yeah. 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 Comes up Sounds a lot, like... doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. When you start. Yeah. Go stuff. there. I teed it up for <laughs> you. <laughs> New segue. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's almost like when the government makes something illegal, it doesn't magically go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Insert. <laughs> Any number of topics. Yeah, God. First Amendment, Second Amendment. Who would have thought? (laughs) Who would have thought that regulation would have caused such a thing? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Wild. Wild. Okay. I'm drinking my absolutely beautiful, delicious 16-year-old Lagavulin, which, now that I'm trained to notice it, this whiskey has good legs. Mm. Mmm. Yes. That's it. That's all I have to say about this whiskey. Beautiful. <laughs> That's great. That's all we need. Stands on its own two legs, it does. We know it's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> nice legs. Kat, have you tried this whiskey? Have you had Lagavulin yet? I have not, actually. Oh, I don't have oh. any here. Mm, this. Got, I won't have it anytime soon. Four <laughs> or five different bottles of scotch, and I don't have Lagavulin. This mm. is something we must remedy. Also, hat in hand, I have to apologize to my fellow Americans and my Scottish friends. Oh yes, because the pronunciation. Oh. I was hoping we were going to get away from this the, without the pronunciation us. of the other whiskey is Lafroig with the G, and I said Lafroy, <sighs> which makes sense since it's Scottish. Like totally now that does. you say it out loud, most kind absolutely. Of, yeah. Torn is looking like, at hello. me with these eyes. Like, yeah, it's hello. true. It's true. Hello, Celtic language. Yes, <laughs> right. So right. there's anyway. a lot of like guttural sounds. Right. This Lafroy. Yeah, this yeah. is a great shame <laughs> that we readily admit our fault in fact check today. So yes, yep. And with that, we can rebuild our nation. Unity is important here. So, mm. speaking of which, <laughs> a lot of things happened in the last week, huh? Yeah, Holy moly. bunch of stuff happened. <laughs> Trump's entire against, legacy has been undone. Yeah, <laughs> against, against all odds, the elected president of the United States was inaugurated on the day was he was supposed to be inaugurated. Yep, mm-hmm. with no trouble. Yep. I hope you Good sense stuff. the sarcasm dripping off of against all odds because it <laughs> yes. uh, made me uh, kind of mad yesterday. What else? 17 executive orders on day one, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's that. I spent all day today reading through those. Torna was lost in a K hole of executive orders. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I probably, I probably spent three hours reading through all seventeen, and a lot of it's what? just jargon. And right. any highlights? What do you got for us? Uh, let's see. Some of the things I saw. Let's see. He halted border wall construction um, by removing is going to funding. Uh, correct? The funding, um, yep. which I think people are going to say is a big victory. I think all of the key segments and most insecure areas had already been constructed. 
It halted even current projects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Even current. Okay. So that's yeah. interesting. So that was redirected. That's whatever. That's a whole that's other topic. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he ended a travel ban for what a lot of people say, like in quote Muslim countries. From what I saw, it's like a lot of countries on that list mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily predominantly Muslim countries. Uh, yeah, but again, there's seven think, Muslim majority. That yes, again, I that's whatever for me. That doesn't seem like an issue. I mean, they did probably, it seem like an issue when Trump put it in place to you? I don't even remember him putting it in place, honestly. So that was like 175 uh, crises ago. <laughs> yeah, the news I don't, cycle. Yeah. The news cycle traveled so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do we remember lost all echoes. Um, so that that was that was one thing that happened. We rejoined the. Paris Climate Accord. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. It's non-binding. It's yeah, no, uh, nothing's that, we, really gonna happen. That's another. There, that's another frankly. good conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not particularly fond of the Paris Climate Accord. He extended eviction and foreclosure bans, which is good for people that can't make their payments. Incredibly bad for property owners mm-hmm. potentially. Um, let's see. He revoked the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. Which I have to say, I kind of think that that's a just like cheap sort of dirty trick. I know a lot of to people pull the rug out from under. There's a ton of money that's been invested into that, like private money and yes. public money yes. and tens of thousands of jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that here's here's what's going to happen with that. I know a lot of people that are really stoked about this. I think a lot of people are probably really happy about it. The truth is, and this is the problem with government contracts, is they make very slippery not contracts with a lot of exit points. They have whoever got the contract probably geared up, probably hired thousands of employees, probably bought millions if not billions of dollars worth of equipment, and now the government's going to pull out from that company. Well, it's already under construction. Right, yeah. so they're going to lose everything on equipment, yada yada, and there's going to be a lot of people that are like, well, that's too bad. Well, there's going to be long-term f- turn effects of this decision. Whether you think the pipeline was good or bad, there's going to be consequences. Um, I did hear that potentially Canada is going to be filing some sort of lawsuit. Yeah. That's going to be something we're going to have to deal with, so, you know, that's again... There's, there'll be things happening. Uh, he required masks in all federal buildings. Uh, also, airports and airplanes, and then any buses that cross state lines. Um, he reversed Trump's census plan, which means that undocumented immigrants will now be counted in the 2020 census. Um, which, to me, doesn't seem like a bad thing. We probably should know the total sum of people in the United States, legal or illegal. I, I don't know why that was even in place to begin with. However, there could be nuance to that that I don't understand. Uh, he extended student loan pauses, considering the government kind of helped create the student loan horror that is. I guess they might as well pause it. <laughs> uh, what else did they do? They well, were- they pause. He what he was pausing. He's extending what was started under the Way CARES back. Act, right? Oh, of, okay. That's what it is. And gotcha. same with the moratorium on evictions. It's saying that you right, don't have, have to pay to. your student loans back until, until a certain right. period of time. He's extended that. Gotcha. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Repealed the Interior Enforcement Executive Order. I looked that up and I forgot what that actually ended up being about. Interior what was... Enfor- the, repealed the Interior Enforcement 
executive order. I think it has to do with actually um, deporting criminals that are illegal aliens. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and then another one that I saw, preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. I'll have to look in to see what the actual details are on that one again. I didn't have time to dig into all of them deeply. That one sounds good. Who knows what the actual uh, ramifications are or the whatever else might have been slipped into it. I think that's the, the <laughs> bit where conservatives are saying, like, men can go into little girls' restrooms now because of this. So Right, yeah. right. And I do know that some of that included, um, I mean, they said, like, you're not supposed to discriminate against hiring on the basis of sexual orientation which seems like that's just a reiteration of what already is illegal so maybe it's more of an enforcement thing um i'm not entirely sure i think that's that's typically rules determined by states and so this is like a federal federal. mandate and then i did see it did include things like athletics maybe even scholarships things like that Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically i think focused on i guess would be transsexual people Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure Exactly. More details will probably come out and more anger and frustration from everyone will probably start popping up all over online. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, not 17. There was a bunch of them. Some of them seem really minor. Those are just the ones that caught my eye. Rejoining the who? There it is. That's the one. Right. Yes. I forgot about that. That is big because they sure prove themselves worthy. (laughs) Yeah. I think that 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 one sort of is a good example of the mentality that I think most of our political leaders are sort of trapped in and just sort of thought leaders are trapped in that there's so much hatred for Trump that I think people feel like they have to do the exact opposite of whatever he did Mm -hmm. because whatever he did was bad. Again, we're sort of like, thinking in binary terms and not allowing for any nuance which isn't healthy um and so like with the world health organization example i think there's a perfectly fair argument to say that we shouldn't withdraw from it entirely however there was legitimate reason for people to be upset with how they initially responded to the pandemic by downplaying Mm -hmm. it and basically repeating the chinese communist party's lies mm-hmm. in the beginning which cost people's lives so I, I so i i don't really understand why biden wouldn't have sort of used our having exited as leverage mm-hmm. to demand reform before re-entering like why not get something out of it right but i don't but <laughs> i think the the thinking is we just have to undo what trump did because mm-hmm. it was inherently bad because orange man bad and well yeah acting out of reaction is never good. I like that shouldn't have yeah. to be said, right? Being proactive. Though so specifically with the who though, do we get the sense or do you get the sense that the who intentionally parroted what the Chinese authorities were giving us at the beginning of the spread of COVID or were they just operating with the information they had saying what they could because like I mean they pretty quickly changed their tune. So like I don't know. They made a mistake, right? It seemed pretty politically motivated. I'd argue it was that's, politically that's motivated. That's how I perceived it. I'm not particularly fond of the WHO as far as how much ties they have to China specifically. Um, and then you did see early on warnings from Taiwan and 
of course, China hates Taiwan. They're not even. I mean, they're not even allowed to be part of the WHO because of China. Right. Yeah. Um, and the Chinese Communist Party, like censoring and literally not put kicking off of social media platforms, but like ha- putting under house arrest, like mm-hmm. doctors who in the early days were trying to warn people of the spread. China initially saying that it wasn't contagious from person to person. Even though Taiwan, like as early as like November was like, we have evidence that this thing is right. transmittable and, from people to people. Yeah. And from what I can tell, like the who was aware of that information. China was aware of that information. Yeah. And they, and they ignored it. They ignored it. I mean, they were sharing the, who was sharing bad information that was fed to them by China through February. So hmm. I think it was politically motivated. And I think that's, that's the concern. You don't want mm-hmm. an organization like that. That's supposed to be sort of, unbiased and not bought by one particular country it's a world organization you want them to to be sharing accurate information that doesn't have a a political angle to it and so when you see that happening i think there's ample reason to be concerned about that it's also really difficult when dealing with china i do realize that they are pretty good at being secretive as you said if an issue arises they have no issue with locking people in their houses and people vanishing Mm mm-hmm you know, poof, the problem's mm-hmm. gone. So I can see how getting accurate information could be a problem. But it really feels to me like the WHO just kind of didn't ask any questions and they just were a mouthpiece for China, um, whatever they said and went, even though there were, you know, there were credible people. Well, right off the bat, there have been credible people that from the start, as soon as there was any sort of sequencing of, of COVID-19, were like, this, I think, is probably a human modified virus. And those people were all considered conspiracists. And now, over the last like couple weeks, more and more, in quote, like mainstream scientists are like, oh, yeah, actually, it's, it is plausible. And there are a lot of things that lead us to believe that maybe this actually is something from a lab. And, you know, you can take that too hmm. far and be like, China released it on purpose. No, they just have a history of not taking care of deadly agents. So there's just a lot of weird, China gets away with a lot of stuff. I heard a conspiracy theory when it all first started that, oh, good gravy, how did it work? The, okay, the conspiracy I heard was that the DNC released COVID-19 in China for for plausible deniability. Like, you couldn't link the DNC directly to it because it originated in China, but the conspiracy was the DNC deliberately released it and then suppressed information until it made it to the U.S., so that COVID would sleep, sweep across the country and kill the old people, that cause are elderly conservative, conservative <laughs> and Republican people to die before election day to win the well, election. Well, that's insane. <laughs> yes, it is. That's insane. But I will point out the Chinese Communist Party, through their state owned media, have been for the last year within their own borders claiming that. The COVID was um, planted or sort of it was used as a biological weapon by the United States against China. Right. So which is probably where some of that was born. Yeah. Here, I mean, here we have conspiracists there. You just have propaganda. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's very good. Yep. <laughs> That's a good distinction to make. Nice. Anyway, yeah. Both are well crazy. Done. Oh, yeah. They are crazy. Not Fair a fan. In other yeah. news, the Senate is weird right now with a 50-50 split. Um, what else? Yes. Uh, well, as of today, has what's oh. up with Kamala's seat? What do you mean? Oh, they re- they replaced her. 
How did I not see this? Who? It doesn't. We can look this up. But that's an, I missed that because I've been waiting. I was like, who's she gonna get replaced with? And I I missed that. I I apologize. I just mm. read the name the other day. Alex Padilla. Okay. Also from California. Oh yeah, that yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Alex okay. Padilla. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, cool. Yeah, it is crazy right now. Let's see. Uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene filed articles of impeachment <laughs> on Biden today. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, she, well, she did heed my advice and waited a day. Yeah, yeah. So, We're on the 21st here. Let yeah. them have the oh. inauguration, right? And then go yeah. for the kill. And then go for it. <laughs> well, that was funny, too, seeing Twitter blowing up or angry conservatives being like, he was sworn in 11 minutes before noon. Yeah. yeah and I, I was like, no, too. the inauguration was 11 minutes before noon. He doesn't have any power right. before noon. Exactly. Like, yeah. I saw that. If they didn't do it that way, then what? Noon hits and we don't have a president? Yeah. Let's see. So that was funny. What else did <laughs> I see? I see that McConnell thinks that we might should postpone the impeachment trials a couple weeks to let the new Senate and the new presidential office kind of settle in. Yeah, and there's some some have been pushing to wait until after his first hundred days. Yeah, yeah I've seen that doesn't seem bad to let a couple of the people coming in like especially if they're new to senate maybe give them like a couple again like maybe wait a day <laughs> yeah right. but like the purpose of impeachment is to get the uh elected official out of office right. well but and he's uh, they've so, already done impeachment he's already been impeached right so the trial the, trial, the purpose right. of which is to get right. him out of office and he's out of office true and we talked about this last episode i think that if in a hundred days uh-huh. we resurrect Trump and have another media circus where we're all talking about him again, I don't think that serves the Democrats at uh, all. No, it hurts the I Democrats mean, and it also hurts any Republicans yeah. that are trying to get away from that. Because I know Trump was already has already mentioned, hasn't he, about some sort of new party. The Patriot Party. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or no, the Patriotic Party. I who, forget. Who knows? <laughs> it's one of the two. Something along those name. lines. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, it so sounds we're... like it sounds like Mitch McConnell's actually like in favor of pursuing the trial. And um he hasn't explicitly said it, but his his statements sort of lead you to believe that he probably sees the benefit in yeah. convicting Trump and barring him from running again. Right. Um and I think the Democrats' angle is like I think like the Nancy Pelosi's of the party think that they can get more voter turnout Mm -hmm. by running on how bad Trump is and like fueling, like having that hate of him fuel their party rather than sort of running on like a platform. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that's maybe why they see benefit in doing this. Um, But I think it'll probably backfire on them. Did you guys see the tweet yesterday when someone, uh, what was it? They were trying to downplay Trump leaving. So basically they said like a very rich private citizen just flew to Florida after getting fired. What a twist. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did see that. Yeah, I did not. Missed it. (laughs) Although I wasn't really on anything yesterday because I knew it was going to be a cesspool of stupid opinions that I think are stupid. Yeah. Well, right and left. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that and I got a glimpse of it today. I was like, ah. Wow. Yeah. What got me was like, 
uh, some of the the pictures and articles about the inauguration and be like, and then like as so-and-so began singing, like the heavens opened and the lights descended <laughs> upon the oh Capitol. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I was like, yep. Oh my God. And the stop. Oh, what was it? The, uh, the hunger games tweets were fantastic yesterday oh, those yeah. i did see a couple of those that, that was pretty funny trending. yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. yeah it is interesting uh although come on, it's gaga like has she right. ever worn a normal thing in her life no not on stage. famously no, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh let's yeah. see bringing things local a montana appliance store owner has been charged in the u.s capitol breach did you guys you see that article i texted that, you i did see that yeah, yeah. A local from Dillon, Montana, has now been charged and arrested for his participation in the Capitol building. So, look at us. Look at us go. Montanans. Look at that. Represented. Uh, Yes. Yay. Uh, Not represented. Not represented. (laughs) represented. (laughs) We. We can't lump everybody in. (laughs) Yeah, let's not. We gotta move on. What else? Last important, fiery um, news. Uh. Antifa is destroying Portland and Seattle again. Back at it. Back at it. Dang, Some really funny Daniel. pictures of destroying the uh, Democratic building in Portland. The National National Committee, Committee building. building. Yeah. Um, Quote, well, we are ungovernable. They yes. don't like Biden. We don't want Biden. We yeah. want revenge. Yes. That's what their banner said. Yes. Oh, good. Fun. Good people. Mm-hmm. But it's just an idea. Yeah, Tana. Antifa doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no active violent groups. Daddy Biden said so. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry. Uh, I'm out of the loop on this one. Ornery. I'm let, feeling ornery. I think Kat let, is too. <laughs> let me in on this joke, please. What do we... Yeah. What, Daddy Biden? I don't know. No. I call Trump like always junk like, you know, like God Emperor Trump or Daddy Trump. So just well, there do the was, same thing with Biden. There have been a few memes on Instagram over the last day oh. and a half of of people saying like, uh, now we have this like nice dad president yeah. and like with pictures of Biden like laying on the floor with his dog because he's just this like nice what a photo op. dad figure you yeah. know yeah. it's like <laughs> he's a opportunistic politician like the rest of them can we stop glorifying and worshiping politicians like they are fallible human beings like the rest of us that frankly have pursued a career where they largely just like lie, manipulate, and exploit. <laughs> like, mm. I, what is really that great yeah, about I, a politician? Frankly, I look down on them. But yeah, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, did you, guys, you can't fool me. <laughs> so, Tom Newton Dunn, he's a a host on Times Radio. He started a, a trend on Twitter about Diet Coke. We should link to this tweet. It's it's brilliant. So he has a photo of him interviewing Trump, um, and there's th- this big button like in a wood like embossed in this like wooden box next to the phones on the the Oval Office desk, okay. and then in the photo of Biden, the the big box and the button is gone. So the tweet is: President Biden has removed the Diet Coke button. <laughs> <laughs> when a colleague and I interviewed Donald Trump in 2019, we became fascinated by what the little red button did. Eventually, Trump pressed it during the interview, and a butler swiftly, swiftly brought in a Diet Coke on a silver platter. It's gone now. <laughs> is is, is that, this uh, a parody, or is this real? I, no, it's I, real. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. 
<laughs> he got rid of that and the bust of Winston Churchill. So I guess he's so, he's not into Churchill or, or Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. There you okay. go. Right. So the Diet Coke yeah. button is gone. <laughs> Daddy Biden probably drinks LaCroix, right? That sound that feels right. <laughs> that sounds kind of maybe on brand. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, actually, he he's, probably, not, he's not really woke, so he probably doesn't really drink LaCroix. Yeah, he probably no, drinks, no. drinks probably water drinks like, like a rube. Yeah, he probably drinks water and like, I don't know. Or squirt. That's an old-timey soda. Squirt? Yeah. Of all sodas, you go for the grapefruit <laughs> one. What? <laughs> I used to love squirt and tequila when I was... Yeah, no, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> Whoa. Of age sounded like it was in quotes there. Oops. <laughs> of age, yes. Oh. Very good. Squirting tequila. Squirt. Well, you'd have to like put good. it. You have to put it in like a canteen and then bury it in your bag full of clothes so no one could feel it when you went through like security checkpoints. When mm. you were of age, going to yeah. secure events. I gotcha. Mm. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All righty anyway. then. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Just sweep that one under. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't cancel us, boys. <laughs> mm. That's man. We could just have a rifting current events podcast every week. It'd be <laughs> so easy to just. I'm into it. Yeah, to just it's, just do a little quick fire, goofy stuff. It's been a ruckus couple weeks. It, it's gonna it? happen actually. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> it has been a rough right, couple we, weeks. Should we focus in? Yeah, let's do it. Focus up. Let's talk law. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook.com slash WhiskeyBenchPod for Android users. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Oh, Lordy. Definitely watched a lot of videos about law. Trying to understand. And it's very un- <laughs> un-understandable. <laughs> I found a really good Twitter called... Um, One might even say standable. There you go. <laughs> I found a really good Twitter called at uh, bad legal takes. And they just screenshot just the most absurd people on twitter trying to sound like they know anything about law it's very good it's very good they do it without comment too they just they're just called bad legal takes and they just post Mm -hmm. screenshots and it's beautiful let the people decide it's beautiful Hmm. to me you guys okay so i found bad legal takes because i follow pope hat now who is the author and the host of that make no law podcast i recommended last week yes i did listen to it uh what do you think? Interesting. It was pretty good. I have no complaints. I thought it was informative. No complaints. I have the I have the text here that quote the intro to make no law slaps. Yeah, it was like a electric, <laughs> like groovy, patriotic <laughs> music inducing. Like I went and got my American flag pen and I popped it on my collar. Right. And then I went out and I saluted the American flag that hangs outside of my house. Be the soundtrack for the Patriot Party. Oh boy. Let's back up. One, (laughs) one. Rewind. Just kidding. Sorry. I do have an American pen flag that I wear often. Two, I do have an American flag that always flies outside of my house. 
but I did not go out and salute it, and I didn't go put it on after listening to that yeah, Patriot music. Yeah. And you aren't joining the Patriot Party. Uh, no, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Torna, Cat and I would have words for you if you registered with the Patriot Party. That would be rough. What if it was just for the memes? Just, just for, the, for the memes. Now, <laughs> hmm. You might get the whiskey mentioned name out there if you did so. That's... Mm. Hey, all publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that. Actually, by the way. don't believe that. Yeah, I'm so glad you don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we're on the same page about this. Yes. All right. That maybe it made sense in the 20th century. It's like yeah. it doesn't work now. Yeah, yeah because now everything is publishable. Go viral. Everything. Right. Yeah, you could you can publish anything. So yeah, whatever. I think we get yeah. it. Speaking of publishing and. First Amendment. I know this is what we wanted to talk about. Torna, did you have a particular angle that you wanted to start this one with? I did not, honestly. The more I've been trying to learn about 230, the more I realize that I, I just don't get it. I was just, I was just. What don't you get? Wrong. Let's start there. I don't think I get, uh, to be fair, well, I'm not our expert, but yes. I feel like I have uh, a. I should say, I should say that I was really uh, ill informed with what I thought it did. And now I'm like, oh, okay, my opinions are uh, quite off um, from what I originally thought. So I've been trying to wrestle with how to approach censorship because I do think that it is an issue with big tech. Um, I can see it becoming some sort of avenue for them to basically eliminate competition. I think it needs to be addressed, but I know it shouldn't be addressed through the government, and it doesn't seem like 230 has anything to do with solving that, but just removing it, which I think a lot of more conservative leaders were pushing for, would be horrible for the individual. That's, that's basically where I'm at right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Ooh, cat. Any takes so far? Any response to that? I'm just slowly walking us through this. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page. Um, I think that there has been sort of biased censorship, and that is troubling to me. Um, I don't really want the government to be involved in determining what is or isn't censorship or... I just think that that gets messy fast and will be sort of arbitrary depending on who is in power. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think Section 230, from my little understanding of it, it's important. It serves a valuable purpose. I was listening in on a webinar today with Chris Cox, who is one of the authors of Section 230. Mm-hmm. That's about as close to the sources you can get <laughs> yeah. as in the source. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, yeah. And a lot of it was, I mean, it's like you, Torna, the more I've sort of dug in dug into it, the more I've realized that there's like a vast sea of understanding that I don't fully have my arms wrapped around. Mm-hmm. But he sort of made the point that like section 230 basically guarantee guarantees free speech for these platforms and like they can't function without mm-hmm. 
the protections that 230 provides or the safe harbor is the Mm -hmm. terminology he used. Mm -hmm. And he made a great point that like, if we were to do away with it altogether, smaller platforms would be hurt far more and probably run out of business than larger platforms like Twitter. Because Twitter, Facebook, they have the resources to hire the lawyers to deal with the litigation. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Whereas one example that really resonated with me was the app All Trails. And this applies to any sort of app where like yeah. you, it relies on yep. um, user sort of input, like through reviews. Mm-hmm. And if that platform was responsible for or could be held liable for bad information that users posted on it. You know, if somebody gives inaccurate information on how you get to a certain trailhead, which I've experienced on all trails, and let's just say you end up like getting lost or getting mm-hmm. told, you know, you dork out, you fall off a cliff, you die, you get hurt, something happens. You dork out. If those people are able to sue, <laughs> that's a term, that's a guy Dwyer, my father, term, what a dork out. Great <laughs> term. What a great term. Isn't it good? Yes. <laughs> but like, let's say that happens. And you're able to sue mm-hmm. all trails, mm-hmm. you could potentially like destroy that platform, right? Like they shouldn't be held responsible for right. somebody, you know, right. misremembering yeah. their experience on a hike, right? And and the other point that that Chris Cox made was like the surest way to to give like full market share to these tech giants that we think are such a problem, like Twitter or Facebook. Mm is to get rid of Section 230 because, again, they have the resources to sort of deal with the with the costs that are associated with that and other smaller platforms don't. So it would really drive out competition. Mm-hmm. So, it's so a, I think it's it, important. So it's a damned it. if you do, damned if you don't, Twitter's here to stay, what do we do kind of situation in your eyes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I still think that there's, you know, I still think it's troubling that, like, the one sort of immediate alternative parlor was sort of boxed out by industry giants. I mm-hmm. mean, that that mm-hmm. to me is concerning. But like, I don't know if you could really argue that what they did was illegal. Not parlor, but like the other organizations right. moving in tandem to shut it out. Right. I don't know if that was really illegal. Now, here's interesting update on Parler, mm. and I, I don't know if this adds any value to this conversation, but um, it's something I've been thinking about because it's an interesting move by Parler, and given some of the context in previous years, I think might have been a foolish move, and then also kind of an example of, of government intervention that I'm not a fan of. So basically, Parler, as we had mentioned last week, um, was removed from Amazon's web uh, service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were looking for bids for another web service to basically get them back up and running. There's a web server out of Russia that ended up like winning a contract. Um, so they thought they were going to go through them, which to me seems, given all of the uh, concerns around Russia among the left, I think that was probably a ill-timed move or a bad PR move. A bad anyway. PR move, right? <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> but now it's kind of led to what I had mentioned just a second ago, like uh, an intervention of government that I'm not a huge fan of. There's kind of a big push now where people are saying, well, that's kind of a conflict of interest. Like Russia could get information from you and use it against the United States. 
So now there's a petition by some House leaders to use the FBI to investigate Parler and its founders. Right. Like you're sticking the FBI on? Right. Well, and like, what about TikTok? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And we we know that they're selling data. Yeah. Or not even necessarily selling, but giving data to the Chinese Communist Party. So how is that not a similar concern? I wonder all anything that has a platform in China. Like, does China probably has access to all of that? Oh, man, where's the balance between I want Twitter to exist. I don't want the United States government to ban Twitter from the country. (laughs) Right. I think, Uh, honestly, I guess to me, the more as this whole saga has unfolded over the last week, like. I think I still sit where I sat a couple weeks ago where, you know, Twitter is a private company. Mm -hmm. I think Section 230 is valuable. I think that they have a right to remove content and users that are breaking their terms of service. I wish that they would apply those terms more, sort of enforce those rules more fairly across the board i think in the last like 24 hours there's been some maybe it's just posturing but there seems to be some effort to do so like blocking the chinese embassy's Mm -hmm. twitter account after they sort of said outrageous things about um about the officially claimed genocide um, getting into weird like uh, well yeah. yeah genocide and then getting into weird eugenics I mean that was to me that that content was straight up eugenics like we're gonna make sure that like you know the reproductive health of the Uyghur people is that the one you're oh, talking about yeah, yeah 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 they're I mean they're sterilizing they're forcibly yeah, sterilizing yes. <laughs> Uyghur women and they're trying to wipe out their population right. and like it's and really they, fucking and well documented out and they're like this is a really great thing and we're gonna blah 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 yeah they they kind of tried to frame it as if it was for like the women's rights you know and it's like right. no you're trying to destroy a populace but anyway right. but Twitter blocked that account so that mm-hmm. was a good move and then right. they blocked a few of the sort of Antifa accounts that. I guess could be linked to the events that we saw last night in Portland in Seattle. Right. So that's a step, right, in terms of trying to I guess apply their rules more fairly. Mm-hmm. Um but what concerns me more is like the rhetoric from our quote unquote thought leaders like John Brennan who uh has lied repeatedly and um still has like a time slot on msnbc and just this week was talking about how like he basically wants to like round up and re-educate people who supported trump because they are fascists and racists and um in- included in his litany of isms <laughs> he said and even libertarians oh. subscribe to the evil trump thinking and so yeah, look at us go. <laughs> there have been a ton of yeah there have been like a there's been a ton of sort of like libertarian thinkers that have sort of been shocked and dismayed by that and um, uh, i can only imagine i'm a little bit like but uh oh okay yeah, but like he's somebody who, against all odds, is taken seriously and has a platform and mm-hmm. is in government, was 
that to me is like that kind of rhetoric is far more worrying, I think, than like what Twitter's doing. It'll be interesting to see if anything happened to this, but what happened to uh the journalist that tweeted at like Biden was like you called for unity, like the quickest way to like find unity would be to lynch Mike Pence. Yikers. And I have not even I missed that, that one. I think that was just today or something like that. That's that was wild. I saw that and I was like, uh you're not even being subtle about this. That's insane. Uh, I yeah, I don't, I, I didn't hear about that one. Let's see. Let's see Hopefully, he got it. taken down. Yeah, I don't remember which. Uh, well, I have a suspicion of which newspaper that person was from, but I, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there until we actually confirm this. Yes. But it's interesting. But I did diving into some of the legal stuff. Try to find some people going through old actual court cases and. Things that have been um, addressed about 230. I didn't realize 230 has been around for so long. I think it was implemented in 1995, or at least the the, the roots of it were early or late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it was that old, but I did see some people um, saying that a legal path that could be taken is that it has been shown that it is possible to basically remove somebody's 230 protections. Uh, under certain circumstances and and one of those circumstances being like if you display consistent or like a significant amount of editorial action you can lose your 230 rights or something like that so you know that's something that i guess maybe could be pushed against some of these corporations i, I don't know if that's good or bad but hmm. seems like there are some legal paths around 230 which maybe is troublesome for the the lowly individuals. My understanding of this, and again, it's limited, is that in the instances where people have tried mm-hmm. to, I guess, um, like litigate around the 230 protections, it, it's failed. I could see so. So it's good that they're not making weird exceptions, I suppose, mm-hmm. for something that is seems to be really protecting the individual. I like protecting the individual. Right. Did- Side note. Yeah. Fact check. I think your assumption was right, Torna. New York Times opinion. That was exactly <laughs> who I thought. <laughs> Will Wilkinson said, if Biden really wanted unity, he'd lynch Mike Pence. Then he deleted it. But thankfully, someone took a screenshot. Nice. Screenshots, baby. Which I have to say. What a world. And again, they're a private company. They can do what they want. But like, I'm a little bit more laissez-faire about this stuff. And I would much rather have like all of it out on the in the open. Because I'd rather know that this guy thinks like that. That's I mean, important context to have when I read his stuff. Yeah, honestly. It's important context when I'm going to vote to know what Trump thinks at two o'clock in the morning you know right. like these that's valuable to me like oh, that knowledge yeah. is powerful i'm not for censoring any of it frankly even like really horrible things but right i can but understand I, but i could see that being incitement of violence which would be illegal so outside of twitter sphere like is this guy eligible for some sort of legal repercussion but it's just it's interesting it's like well, how does this is he eligible that's a good question will anything <laughs> happen no <laughs> no yeah yeah there you go. On a side note, Oof. I had a tweet a couple, it was a couple of years ago, but the tweet was just 
tweeting with his or uh, tweeting while pooping at 2 a.m. with his pants around his ankles in chief. And it just was a bunch of dashes. Non sec <laughs> non sequitur, but that's that's kind of the image I had of Trump tweeting anyway. It was like we're well we at 2 <laughs> like we get yeah. on our phones in the bathroom, right? If we're being honest. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean it's like we kinda knew when he was to sleep more. Sorry? What? I say you probably need to sleep more. I mean he really tweeted like a lot in yeah. the middle of the morning. A lot of And yet somehow he seemed to have a content. lot of energy. Uh, did you guys get a chance oh. to listen to that uh <laughs> we won't go there. Dan Crenshaw podcast I recommended to? I have not got to yet. No. Sadly, I listened to I listened to the one that you had shared and then went down my executive orders. Your, your dig. 230 legal. That's good. So Dan says something interesting in this one where so he has an expert on 230 on his his uh mm-hmm. his guest Canyon Brimhall. And Dan is I don't want to say parroting, but he's he's bringing a lot of common conservative concerns about 230. And he he mm-hmm. he teased them up one by one and his guest very thoroughly explains why that would be a bad idea. And toward the end, Dan is like, well, dang it, you're kind of shooting every every idea I had. You're kind of just shooting it all down, which which I agree with. The guy was so well reasoned. I was like, yes, I agree with his guest. but. One of the most compelling things Dan said toward the end of the interview was maybe what we're asking for is for these companies to abide by the spirit of the First Amendment, Mm -hmm. whether or not they technically fall under the protections of the First Amendment. Do you guys hear my cat? Did you hear that? I I totally just heard your cat. (laughs) Which one was it? It's Eeyore. It's Tima's brother. Oh, give that little bugger a... Shakedown. I don't know. <laughs> Give him a good old Biden treatment. <laughs> Sniff him. Sniff him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what a <laughs> what a twist that took. Anyway, I said my pe- I'm gonna let my cat out of my room, but I just I I like this line about like we want these companies to at least attempt to embody the spirit of the First Amendment, whether or not they have mm-hmm. jurisdiction or are under the protections of it. I, I just really liked that line and wanted to know what you guys kind of thought about that. I think that's where like the bias comes in where like maybe Twitter's approach is perfectly legal and understandable and valid, but there clearly has been a bias there. And like, I think that's what's riling people up. Sure. Right. More than anything. Sure. Else. And when, but when we speak to that though, like if we're speaking in the case of, uh, the second amendment, like, mm-hmm. like Costco doesn't allow you to shop in their stores, open carry, or even like, you're not allowed to have a firearm on your person in Costco. So from what I understand, as far as concealed carry goes, and this is an interesting, again, this is whether or not you choose to respect the wishes of an individual business. Uh, if it's not a federal building or somewhere that is legally restricted you and you're carrying, no private entity can charge you or reject your right to conceal carry. Oh, okay. Conceal carry within their right within their premise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably even open carry if it's an open carry state. However, that's good. They can, they can approach you and ask you to leave because it's against their policy. Mm -hmm. If you do not 
obey the requests, you can then be charged for trespassing. So it is a weird, like there's no legal ability for Costco to say, you can't carry. I can conceal carry in Costco if I want, but if someone notices or something like that and I'm approached, you need to obey the wishes of the business then. Mm, okay. Otherwise, I do have a legal route to take, which is... I like that. That's There's good. a bit of a formality there of having right. to follow the rules and mm-hmm. respect their rules and right. I can't just throw you out without explaining it. I think right. that's, yeah. that's good. That's great. Yeah. That's good and clarification. Like, you know, if you are concealed carrying and for some reason someone notices that you are, you're doing it properly. No one should notice because responsible carriers don't want people to know that they're carrying a gun but in your approach like most people i think would politely leave i would hope so at least opening care open carry is a whole nother conversation um seems to probably draw which, a different it's so it, type it's, of person if you talk to anyone that is knowledgeable or skilled like people that open carry just get their people roll their eyes at them they're like dude you are ruining like the whole culture so yes so this this is why i brought up <laughs> yeah. Costco because I have a family member who open carries and who made mm-hmm. a fat stink about getting kicked out of Costco <laughs> and had this know. just righteous rant on Facebook about how he just became a loyal Sam's Club member and it's like fucking cool dude bye like <laughs> right kind of funny <laughs> like, yeah. right? Uh, he should have been a member there anyway because I'm pretty sure Walmart is an open and proud promoter of carrying (laughs) which they are which they allow which is why he went there because he knew he could open carry all the time sure like yeah competitors (laughs) look at that who knew that the market might find a solution for your very very specific problem (laughs) i want to buy discount bulk items while carrying a firearm what if someone tries to jump me (laughs) while i'm picking up toilet paper yeah yeah. Go to Walmart. Yeah. You can shoot him. <laughs> I can assure you that if you're open and caring, you're going to be the first person that's targeted. <laughs> that's a very good point. Right. Maybe be discreet. This is like strategy now. Not, yeah. <laughs> not legality. Different, different episode. <laughs> anyway. But go, first amendment, not second amendment. But go on. Yeah, well, continue. But yeah, Costco. So you bring, you bring up a good, that was good clarification. Thank you for clearing that up. Because in my mind, I remembered the story of my, my family member causing a scene and then then i was like oh costco just might not allow but good clarification there i think the main thing with the first amendment that we have to remember especially in a legal stance is that Mm -hmm. the first amendment like the first five words are congress shall make no law it defends against state action against what the first amendment enshrines which i know it gets sticky when you get into a corporation as big as Twitter, but because Twitter does not represent state action. And in fact, thank God they don't because then we're sliding toward like state media, just like what we've discussed in China already tonight. Yes. Right. If there's no state action, again, we can't necessarily invoke the first amendment though. I like what Dan Crenshaw is pushing for, or at least asking for by saying, can't we, reasonably ask and reasonably expect companies who mimic public squares again that's a mm-hmm. that's a legal term that needs to have some weight to it like twitter is not a public square 
but right and this is what i was brought up last if, week i was like it doesn't i don't understand how like where something becomes a public square and it seems to me like it is but in, in a legal sense it isn't mm-hmm. so a good um, court case to read up on torna then is manhattan community access corporation versus halleck yep i did Watch a couple Look of at us actually. on the same page. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that was a really weird case. Justice Kavanaugh wrote a great, uh, great opinion on it. Uh, it was a 5-4 mm-hmm. majority for it. And essentially, the, to boil it down, a private company that is not a state actor cannot violate the First Amendment. And that was as recent as 2019 they decided this case. Mm-hmm. So, Right. It's like it's it's recently in the the area of justice and in the area in the area of law interpretation as to how we handle these kind of things. Yeah, I just I really like the spirit of the First Amendment thing, but then I still don't know where the fix is, because essentially like right, essentially what we're talking about is is Twitter too big? And. Can we as libertarians claim that? that actually needs to be broken up or like, I don't know where, no, definitely not. Where, broken where up. are your thoughts? Where never. are your thoughts on? Yeah. Where they reach this, this like point of no return or like a tipping point where the company is too big and has too much. I power. mean, my question is, is, you know, there is a lot of different conversations about this right now, but you know, they are American companies, even though they're, it's weird, right? They're they're American based companies that have a global impact. Mm-hmm. I don't know presence, right? Global presence. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, all sorts. I mean, every not every country, as we just recently, a lot of countries are represented <laughs> on their platform, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, having a spirit of the First Amendment seems appropriate for a company that is based in the United States. The other thing too is is you know. Do things like anti-discrimination laws apply to something like that? Probably not. That's hard because then you're trying to invoke the 14th Amendment, which again requires state action in order to be violated. Yeah, and that really is more narrowly focused on like race and gender and like religion. Less ideological discrimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all very hard. It's very tough. I think my ideas and opinions on this issue are still forming. I'll just Mm -hmm. say that. Um, But at this point, I sort of think that like, I mean, it does worry me again. I'll repeat it that like, you know, the libertarian in me says, okay, Twitter's a private company. They can do what they want. If people don't like it, they can go an alternative. Mm -hmm. There was an alternative. Mm -hmm. And then multiple giants within that sphere um within that marketplace i should say moved to box out that competition and that alternative that's not to say that another alternative can't emerge and it likely Mm -hmm. will but that move is concerning to me however i don't know if it's outright illegal and i don't think i want really the government to get involved because i tend to think that that makes things worse mm-hmm. when the government gets involved. Right. And I don't want to give the government more power over sort of how private companies and citizens mm-hmm. operate. So with all that being said, I think that maybe the answer lies in 
in in individuals. And yep. if sort of if Parler was boxed out because it's associated with this ideology that's so it's such a faux pas to be associated with it that that sort of like mainstream companies and people and thought leaders and politicians don't it's a pariah, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Then like people that are on the fringe of that that aren't QAnon supporters but aren't Democrats and are upset with Twitter, mm-hmm. like maybe they need to do a better job of sharing what it is that they believe and like differentiating themselves from this thing that's become a pariah. And yeah. like that's a slow fix, right? And mm-hmm. that's a cultural solution. Mm-hmm. Uh so it takes a long time and it takes a lot of people acting individually for it to have a cumulative effect but like right and, i and think that's that, like i think that's, that's the kind of the answer that's right? the best way to do it um it is a very slow path because sadly the trend is that the left basically exclusively dominates culture as far as i mean like media institutions yeah. tech and, and part of it is just like generally more left-leaning people migrate to cities well, there tends to be more people, right? So there's more left-leaning ideology there, and that is where most of the innovation happens, everything like that. So it is a slow cultural struggle, but... But, like, what... Yeah, and so, like, what is, you know... how Slow's if, not bad. No, I mean, and if you try to envision, like, the government doing what? Like, what, like it's really, all problematic. Like practically speaking, yeah, exactly. like, what are, what are they going to do? Exactly. You know? Yeah, I don't want them and to like, shut I don't, down people. I don't want them to... Yeah force a company to do x y or z like no you know so like i think and again speaking as a libertarian although hey if they're going to start forcing diversity maybe they might as well force political diversity on your boards well no 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 no. we all have to think the same way we just have to look different right that's that's what diversity quote unquote is based solely on the color of your skin not the content of your character ironically yes Mm. (laughs) <laughs> the cynics take when my grandmother gets when my grandmother say here's something she doesn't like she just goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> and as i've grown older i've started to develop that a lot of your a lot of your family's represented tonight cat i know yeah <laughs> I getting so. dorked out uh. dorked out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All good things. All good oh, things. Oh man. Wowzers. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So how do how does the issue of censorship get corrected, or I should say, like how how can we encourage or incentivize ethical and consistent management of these platforms? Because that's I mean that's the end solution, right? It's like capitalism and business is all great, but only when it's done ethically like ethical business management is the best and part of that is like how you manage it consistency the best product for your entire demographic and at this point it's like everyone is a commodity so every single person is an eligible client i suppose so is there any way to incentivize that other than like government threat that's not an in, in, that's not a market incentive. Yeah, yeah, it's not a market incentive at all. <laughs> yeah. 
there's like a long boring answer of we have to start with education and yes public education is dominated by one ideology Mm -hmm. but you know private organizations should do a good job of explaining the value of sort of these like classical liberal traditions that built america and but again that's that's a that's slow progress so it's not a quick fix we want quick fixes in our modern world unfortunately it seems actually what's really scary i think is that whether it's antifa or it's QAnon, there seems to be this desire to have an overlord that people can look up to who makes everything okay mm-hmm. because they do what you want them to do. And yeah. we really, really, really need to get away from that thinking and recognize that like the more power that you give to indi- one individual, the more we sort of centralize that power, the more dangerous it becomes because there is no guarantee that the politician you like and that party is going to be in power forever. Thank God. It's mm-hmm. great that we have this swing back and forth. That's super healthy, actually. One party states suck. Look at California. <laughs> uh, so like, but we just, we got to move away from this thinking that like, oh, as soon as my guy is in charge, like, yeah, I want him to write, you know, 50 executive orders within the first week. And he's going to put in place all the things that I want. Well, guess what? All those things are going to be undone as soon as the next person's in charge. Or if we give them sort of we expand their power, if we grow the Leviathan. Eventually, someone's going to be in power who starts to use to use their powers to do things that you don't want them to do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why, like. Democrats and Republicans can't rally around like limited government. We should all want limited Which government. Which is so interesting really. to me because it's absolutely true. Like <laughs> the right always is like, it's so bad. Like, cause the right's pretty good about kind of parroting like limited government. Like we don't want presidents to have excessive power. And like, it's not right that Obama had so many executive orders and then Trump gets in and they're fine with executive orders. And look, I just looked at a chart, yeah. the amount of executive orders, it's been pretty consistent. Like there's not one president that was particularly bad, at least in the last, you know, six presidents. Um, there were a few on the list that had like over a thousand executive orders. Teddy Roosevelt, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is so surprising. Had, we were talking about this before we recorded, but I really didn't think that like, yeah, that took off until the 21st century. So I'm I was surprised. looking through the list and there was like a few presidents like less than five probably that had like one to five executive orders. And I was like, nice. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah. And then, you know, while Trump was in order or in office, the left was upset and they don't like that. And they're like, oh, he's going to do stuff we don't like. And then the second Biden's in, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He's doing all these executive orders. I, I just, I can just, I just look back and forth at the two sides. Just. They're playing tennis. Just blinking, playing ping like pong. I, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. ridiculous. And, and Congress has sort of just ab, abdicated their power. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fine with, so long as their side's getting what they want, they're fine with like either acting solely just to stall things or, or right. doing nothing. Yeah, because they're and all... then we get these omnibus spending bills where there's no time to actually like argue about each individual thing that's going being mm-hmm. put into yeah. it. And it just gets passed. You want to talk we spend about trillions of dollars government regulation? It's wasteful. Government should regulate how big a bill could be. 
Yeah, government should really only regulate itself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, a 5,000 page bill? like that. Or whatever some of these things are, I'm like... Yeah, it's insane. uh, Literally, it should be illegal to make a bill that's longer than like 10 pages. And all it is is special interest. Yeah. Pass one... Imagine how much Senate might actually be able to get done if they had one little bill at a time. And it was like, oh yeah, we can all agree on this one little thing. It's two pages. Great. Stamp it. On to the next thing. Instead, it's like, let's spend four to five weeks. And then then they get frustrated and tired and they're like... We're just going to close the government for a week. <laughs> we can't make a decision, so we're just not going to do our job. <laughs> Even that well, it's like is... This next, round of, <laughs> this next round of COVID relief, and I'll pause after this because I'm going off on a little bit of a tirade, but like this next urgent COVID, quote-unquote, stimulus package that we need, even though we just passed something mm-hmm. in December, right before Still Christmas. Money left. Like, it's barely been a month since that happened we hasn't even been a month since mm-hmm. the 600 dollars checks were hit in people's bank accounts right anyway it's urgent apparently and even though it creates so many disincentives for actually getting the economy back to a healthy place where it was before the forced government closure apparently congress despite saying how urgent it is are they're gonna wait mm-hmm. till march they're gonna wait till probably the first week of march to think about it Vote on it. Do anything. Oh, nice. So it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, it's like, ah. So is, anyway. your, is your frustration. And of course, Nancy Pelosi for months has been like, it's unacceptable that we haven't done something. It's unacceptable that we haven't done something. Right, because it's all campaigning. That's yeah. the thing. We have to remember what incentives politicians right. face. They are just trying to get reelected. Right. Mitch McConnell's being a little bit more honest right now about like, not liking yeah, Trump. Yeah, it's awesome. Because he's probably not going to run for office it's again. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, all right, I'm almost hey, done. Which, right. you know. Thank you, term limits. Maybe that sounds right. like a good we idea. Probably need more to, of them. Kat, so to yeah. answer your main question or your your previous question about why why do people think that just having the overlord is better? Mm. And why do we insist on growing the Leviathan? I, like, there's obviously a Thomas Hobbes principle in there somewhere of people just they or uh like loki from the avengers like people crave and desire to be ruled and mm. i really i really think the take there is that personal responsibility and personal accountability is frankly terrifying like it's hard to yes. look yourself in the mirror and be like you you are a failure because you failed it's way easy to scapegoat right. And at the same time, it's also way easier to hero worship when the right things are happening for you and for your team. Correct. To bring it back all the way back, I'm going to, I'm going to merge my two shows here. I'm going to bring in a little, a little Bible here. So like we have the era of the judges in the old Testament, and this is where small time guys are raised up by God, whatever you think of the old Testament, whatever. But like in the story, Small time people are raised up by God to solve a particular problem and then they just kind of fall away. And we have a cycle of judges mm-hmm. while Israel just kind of self manages, self regulates, and the t- 12 tribes get along. But then finally, we start demanding a king. And ultimately, the demand for the king is that they want to be like everyone else. And I really do think it's human nature to be like, it would be so much easier if we could either praise the king for all the good that's happening in our country or blame the king for all the bad things that are happening in our country. It's easier to focus it in one spot instead of claiming 
personal responsibility and collective responsibility when you belong to a community that ought to be handling that problem in the in the first place. I think you're totally right that that's human nature and that is why our founders structured the government in the way that they did. I think they recognized mm-hmm. that and they set it up so that we people couldn't demand or the people in power couldn't just assume the role of being sort of the king overlord. Mm-hmm. Cuz you look around the world like throughout Latin America where they have like a weaker constitution and they don't have the same checks and balances and branches of governments established. And a strong man always emerges. That's what Mm -hmm. happens. Right. And it's easier Um, to follow them than it is hold on to the Republic. Thank you, Rome. Like Um, what a, yeah. Um, yeah, because originally the presidency and ultimately the federal government, or at least for anti-federalists, uh, for people like Jefferson and Madison, like these guys wanted a federal government for the sole purpose of foreign policy and national defense. Otherwise, they were like, literally, the states do whatever they want. We are right. oh, we are a, so a nice. loose collection <laughs> of fifty independently yeah. governed bodies of people, and the purpose of the state government was to keep keep power closer to the people giving the power to the government, right? Like we, we all agree that the government has power and that's why it has power. Mm. I really do think that that's, yeah, we, we legitimate Exactly. We legitimate it by our participation in voting. We also do it just by honestly, just talking about it. Um, and this is like, this should honestly, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story a while ago, but it literally should be assigned reading for like every American citizen to read Social Contract by Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Because damn fam, it's so strong and he's not even American. <laughs> like some of the some of the best analysis of mixed uh, mixed structure, limited government comes from people outside the system. Like this is why Alexis de Tocqueville is famous for his commentary on democracy in America when he did it, right? Frenchman comes over, observes a bunch of stuff, and he's like, they're on to something, I think. Um, so an outside mm-hmm. perspective is good, but this this book by Rousseau, The Social Contract, is like, we legitimate the power that it all has by essentially signing that social contract and by participating in it. And if we're born into it and we weren't necessarily involved in the signing of you know the Constitution, and the governing laws, we immediately sign up for citizenship the first moment we have a choice to either either recognize the government's power or not. So we're all in the social contract, hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back my line from the very beginning of the whiskey benches and and say, yes, I think there's good things and important things to pay attention to going on on the federal level. And honestly, Cat, you've been instrumental in teaching me where my blind spots were for not caring about the federal policy and the federal goings on. However, I still think it's our responsibility to put even just like one or 2% more energy into our locality and into our state government where our vote carries an even stronger weight. Totally agree. And that brings mm-hmm. us back to the personal responsibility. Like if you want to have an impact yep. on Yellowstone County, your vote actually matters to do that. 
Um, but when when the 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 locus of control in the government and the the focus ends up being way over on the east coast, but you're expecting mm-hmm. direct like day to day life changing things to happen through the federal government, like you want roads repaved or whatever. I mean, like that's a dumb example, infrastructure, but you should care. We should care, but our, our responsibility is to care in a, uh, a, like a concentric circle, like rippling spheres of influence from us. And it starts with us. So anyway, that was my rant. Yes. And, and, that actually is a really good way to see um, change. And again, we're, we're talking about government right now, not Twitter, but uh, which is what we're trying to talk about, but it's neither here nor there. You know, did we have anything to say really nice, other about Twitter though? I think, I feel like we're all on the same not page. Not really. I think point. Twitter should be better. Twitter could be better. And we like the idea of the spirit of the first amendment being followed in Faux right. public squares. But we don't want government exactly. intervention. So for the time being, the status but, quo might just be the best way to go forward. Right. Well, if we want to talk about the First Amendment, let's just talk about, I mean, just even the Bill of Rights as an example. Like, the beauty about that, there's a lot of people that would argue that there's no value in them because of the time that they were made and the people that made them were bad people. But the beauty about the founding of this country was that the principles in the founding documents transcends perhaps what the writers believed. Yes. And that can then be applied to a more evolved society that we have now. Modern context. Yes. Totally. Mm -hmm. Like those values can still be put into our current cultural moment. And there's a ton of value in that. And they still hold true. And that requires an educated citizenry to reasonably and with the lowest temperature possible engage in conversation on how to like forge a path forward as a people. Yeah. And I, and I feel like we kind of, I mean, I kind of started this episode going through some of the uh, executive orders and I get frustrated with anything like that. And, you know, my hope is to just encourage people to really push back even in quote your side any sort of government or federal government that is trying to impose things onto state level like we should really be encouraging states to be able to make these decisions um in a lot of on a lot of different topics like i love the idea of where we're at that we can look at one state that has some policy that's working really well and those and, and states that see that can implement that and they might find great benefit from that. And then you can also look at other states that have implemented policy that has been disastrous and then hopefully steer away from that and try something new. Um, we've got 50 different states that can try different things, um, uh, uh, ignoring the federal level and going more at a local level. It is true that you do have more uh, opportunity to having bigger impact the truth is like i think any of us i i would say any of our listeners could probably go run at a local level get traction and probably win something some position 
especially, I mean, in Montana, um, specifically. There's, uh, that's a pretty big power, right? A lot of people in, in bigger states, bigger cities, bigger districts, like, they'd have a lot harder time. So we're in a pretty good position to really actually make some impact if we wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of, um, like, the value of federalism and having each state having sort of some level of, like, sovereignty over its boundaries and and laws and how they you know govern there's immense value in that and uh i think part of what's concerning about sort of this like most recent brand of progressivism that has emerged is there's like a there's a push to turn away from that and to have more of sort of a like a blanket federal approach whether it's voting laws or how we respond to crises like COVID. Um, And that, and that seems in certain circles, that seems to be like to be a popular idea um, to have sort of like one law that make that's applied across the nation. And it's funny how often, like I'll wind up in conversations where I have to point out like, you know, what makes sense in New York city is not going to make sense in Billings, Mm -hmm. Montana. Totally. You know, yes. like, and it, and we should be able to adapt to our different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it, obviously, we all agree on the value of that. But I just, there is some, con- from my perspective, there's a lot of concern over sort of this trend of wanting to move away from federalism, and also when we were talking about sort of the the uniqueness of the way the U.S. government was structured. And yes, of course, like that was a different time. People are flawed. Um, things were acceptable then that are absolutely not acceptable now. So when judging it through the lens of the 21st century, you can find fault with these people. But when you actually look at sort of like this structure of government that they established, it was u- completely unique. It hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a major breakthrough for m- mm-hmm. mankind. And probably, I mean, I don't know how you'd measure this, but probably like saved countless lives too. When you think about like avoiding more sort of just the pain and suffering that comes from authoritarian governments that we thankfully were able to avoid. Anyway, the I, the move with projects like the 1619 Project to sort of completely, to not respect and discuss the nuance of that but instead to just sort of blanket say it was bad because these people were flawed by our standards today like that's terrifying to me and i think we're gonna lose so much value if we if we move in this direction of sort of having these like uh one size fits all laws and understandings of our own history um Mm -hmm. we're we're going to move away from understanding like the nuance and and the beauty and the nuance of of what makes america special what makes it function well um and so that's where sort of like the importance of education comes in and i guess again i don't want the government to say the 1619 project can't exist i don't think that's the answer um, but I think people who feel the way I feel should do a 
maybe they need to do a better job of sort of countering that with with a different view. But again, that's like a long term, slow solution. And requires personal responsibility. There it is. The mantra of the whiskey bench. Personal responsibility. Yes. We, we, have to make, <laughs> we have to make personal responsibility sexy again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow, what a co-op of the <laughs> make it something again <laughs> slogan. Yeah. Well done. All right, fam. What a good yeah, discussion. Yeah. This was delightful. I think that's a great way to great Thank way to end. Thank you so much. Yes. Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers, guys. Thank you for joining us on The Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Thank you.